Hello, my friends. It is Tuesday afternoon, and it's nice and warm down here in Sellersburg. I hope that you all are having a day of good weather, and amidst the chaos that we're all enduring together, that you're finding glimpses of beauty and hope and joy. And uh, I hope that today's devotion brings all of that for you. It's kind of a strange time in this holy week as we are doing it all differently. And our theme here at our church is shaking things up because this story shakes everything up and can shake you up right where you are uh, even now. And so even doing something like walking through each day of Holy Week is different. You know, a lot of Protestant churches don't, they don't celebrate Holy Week. Maybe they'll talk about Palm Sunday, but then it's straight to Easter. The Methodist church, we will go from Palm Sunday and jump to Thursday and Friday before we get to Easter. But this year, we're just going through each day. So we're using the lectionary. We're using a longstanding tradition of Scripture to walk through each day of the week. And so even a new routine can shake things up. And I I hope that the reading today and and the reflection offers you some new insight and a way to keep you feeling hopeful and purposeful and enjoying and soaking up and being shaken up during this holy week. So I'm going to read from John chapter 12, verses 20 through 36, and I'm going to read from the New Revised Standard. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They went to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, It is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them. Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness... You do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of light. The Word of God for the people of God. It's a strange passage. Lots of strangeness in the Gospel of John. Lots of things happening. Lots of layers of theme and meaning. And uh, it's all coming together in in this really interesting scene where what's happening... So right before what we read uh, yesterday... At the very end was the Pharisees afraid that the whole world is going after Jesus, that they're all beginning to turn to him. And so the very next line is that some people outside of Israel, Greeks, 
are now coming to spend time with Jesus. They want to spend time with him face to face, have a visit with him, which tells Jesus that this message that he's come to bring is now ready for the entire world to hear. And so the whole purpose of his coming has been to bring this message and to allow it to spread. And so it's time, the hour of his ending on uh, his mission is coming and the time for him to be glorified or exalted or lifted up, which is all the same thing in John. And what it speaks to is one big act that includes him being lifted up on the cross, him being lifted up from death, and then him being lifted up to be with God. And so these three lifting up and exalting is all one, one act as far as John explains it. Now, kind of more focused on the cross part of that lifting up today because it has to do with death. And death is something we all struggle with. We struggle to talk about it, to know how to come to terms with it. And uh, even when someone that we love dies, we're not really sure what we're supposed to do. And so oftentimes we, are, we feel pressure to be silent and hide our tears and just not talk about it and try to focus on something else. When death is a part of what we all call life, and here we find that Jesus knows that the time of his death has come because that's part of his exaltation, the glorification. So he's troubled in his soul, just like we are. We're troubled. And so the, this struggle, or I guess this choice, can be made. And we find Jesus, with every bit of confidence, is not looking to be saved from this fate, but rather wants to see God glorified through this fate. So... Everything that has to do with his life, he's ready to give up for the sake of glorifying God. And, and right before then, he tells us that we must lose our lives if we want to gain it. Uh, we must follow him. So what I take from that is not many of us are going to face a cross necessarily the way that he did in a literal sense. But what we do face is the option to embrace a death of sorts. And that's what Holy, Holy Week uh, invites us to do because many of us have an idea of what life is. And from when we were really little, we have this idea what life is. And, and maybe if you can't remember it, any of us with little kids know what life's about when you're little. It's about, I want what I want and I want it when I want it. And I don't like being told no. And so some of us mature a bit and outgrow this, or we just find new ways to express that same desire where we're just seeking what we want, right? And we've even glorified that in our culture where everyone needs to be self-made, you know, and build their own life. And, and uh, the dream or the goal is that you are self-sustaining. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But that is completely different than what we're finding here. While there's some, some good merit to taking care of yourself and pulling your weight, what we find here is this idea that if we're simply living for the sake of our own life and benefit, we're actually losing out on what real life is about, life of love and self-giving and connection and laying ourselves down for others. And gosh, we have great examples of this kind of, of this kind of life in our healthcare workers, don't we? And not just them, many people that are going to work and are putting themselves at risk are doing so on behalf of complete strangers. They're even putting their families at risk and healthcare workers seem to be the ones that are bearing the most risk because they're entering the room where this deadly disease, this deadly virus lives and operates. And they are 
going in and out of that room uh, their whole shift every single day, and they have been for the past month, and they're probably going to keep doing so for the next month. But what they're doing is they are giving their lives up for the sake of others. And I would love to interview some healthcare workers or spend some time in conversation to find out why are you doing this? What is it that drives you? Because I think I know, but I would love to hear what people are, are gaining and learning through this experience because they're laying their life down, they're giving it up. And what are they finding? That might be a good thing for you to ask a healthcare worker you know. Ask them, what are you finding in this continual laying down of your own life? Uh, we're invited to lay down our lives, to lay down the idea that it's all about us, to lay down the idea that we just need to be focused on ourselves and our family or maybe our nation or our tribe. We're invited to something much bigger and we have to kind of hold our lives loosely. If we truly trust God, then we don't need to hold on tight and fight for what we have or what we think we need. Rather, we just live with open hands. And Jesus invites us into this in that when we face death, when we face times of trial, we seek to let it be a witness to God's goodness. So we're going to face times of trial. Are we going to let that be a moment in our life where we are panicked and fearful and hoarding toilet paper or completely disobeying what our leaders are asking us to do to protect others? Or are we going to allow the trials in our lives and the discomforts to be a sign of our trust in God, to let our love shine through even amidst our own disappointment and frustration? Because we follow a story that goes well beyond any death, one that is free of death. Another thing that might shake you up is that what we find in John here is a different reason for Jesus dying than simply for the sins of the world or to appease God who's angry with us. What we find is that the love of God is so great that it is being shown to all the world, even some Greeks, even us, and that what we find that's written really well here. So let me read this. This is from uh, Feasting on the Word. It's, it's one of my many tools that I use in preparing messages. It says that for Christians weary of traditional theories of Jesus' atoning death, John provides another biblical perspective. For John, Jesus does not die as a sacrifice to appease an angry God or as a ransom for humanity's enslavement to sin. From the John reading itself, the world that lives in opposition to Jesus is judged by Jesus' death and its power overcome. Jesus' death has this effect, not because it is a sacrifice that atones for human sin, but because it reveals the power and promise of God and God's lovely or love decisively to the world. So basically what it's saying is that God has loved us from the beginning and has made a promise to bring all things into a, a perfect state, a new creation free from sin and death. And so Jesus is the proof of God's great love. And so the world sees this great act and then we decide whether we accept and believe, whether we accept and believe to the point we're ready to lay down our lives to be a part of this other reality that is God's reign and kingdom and God's reality. Which story do we follow? That it's all about us? Or do we believe in the way of Jesus 
in a way that's bold enough that we let our lives go. If we believe, if we follow, then we are living in the way of light. We know what life's really about and we aren't going to be tripped up. We're not going to stumble as people that don't believe, who live life by it's all about us or or whatever method or whatever motivation they have, they're, they're stumbling on things because they're unaware of what life is really about on this deeper level as Jesus offers it to us. And so the ruler of this world is, is weakened and is powerless. And although we're experiencing all that we're experiencing today, we, if we hope to be children of light that will let go of our lives and instead make all of our actions be for God's glory rather than ours, we will maintain a clear perspective that all this life is already taken care of. It's already taken care of. Our future and our assurance and our hope is already sealed. It's already done because Jesus did this long ago on that cross, through that grave, and now in the presence with God and our presence with the Holy Spirit. We can continue to live this kind of life even amidst COVID-19. I hope in this Holy Tuesday, as we think about death and all that it means and that Jesus is going to die, but we still do have the light in this point in the story that we can think about what that means for us today. What are we called to do? How are you being asked to lay, lay down your life? How are you being asked to trust in the work of Jesus Christ? I can't answer that for you. And you probably need to spend some time in prayer and and in conversation with people that you love who are also seeking the same things you are to be children of light. Have those conversations, make those phone calls, spend time in prayer and see how the Holy Spirit might be moving you. My friends, I wish for you, I pray for you, grace and peace.